0: Hello everyone, welcome to art on podcast series or ATPS as you like to call it. Every week on Friday, we feature art and design professional who take us through their journey in this fascinating world of art. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, YouTube and Spotify. With that, let's continue with this show and dive deep into the ocean of art. Jewelry Every time we hear this word, we are reminded of the Indian heritage, handcrafted work, and the one who makes them. Today, we have someone special with us who started our own venture, the founder of House of adya Sile Marate. A unique brand name that embodies everything from originality, creativity, old tradition, respect for nature and its elements. Siley and her team aspires to work with pure elements to shape jewelry design that resonates with the universe. Be it motive of flower, ray of sun, or simple uh, geometric uh, transformed into a piece of art. Let's learn about her ventures, entrepreneurial journey, and what goes behind making a jewelry, and many more. If you are someone who likes uh, Indian mythology and heritage, this is a conversation for you. And honestly, who doesn't like jewelry? Sairi Marati brought to you an Art Term podcast series. Hello ma'am, it's a pleasure having you here on our podcast series.
1: Thank you, Parth.
0: Yeah, so with that, I would like to ask you, I would like to start our conversation with asking you that the name, House of Adhya, is very unique and it's very beautiful. So how does this uh, name actually represent your brand and any thoughts behind choosing this word? Yeah, so Adhya is the
1: original word, it's a Sanskrit word. Um, and Adhya basically means the first one or the original one. Uh, Or you might have studied Adhya or the first culture of mankind. That is where this word, um, uh, you know, comes from, and it stayed with me for a long time since I studied it in school. Um, So when I wanted to start something of my own, I thought that this is a good name that I should use. Uh, And because, um, you know, like how yoga is the original word and it got converted to yoga. And because this was to do with a lot of things with females, jewelry and accessories, and I also started with clothing in the first few days. So uh, everybody started calling it Adya, and it eventually became Adya. Uh, so that is the story of that word. Uh, and we were called Adya Originals for a long, long time. Very recently we have shifted to a three-floor building uh, in Pune. Um, Which is like our house because the entire premise is uh, Adya's premise and that's when we started calling it House of Adya.
0: That's wonderful and congratulations on your new store.
1: Thank
0: you. Uh, With that, uh, let's actually dive into your past first. You actually are an engineer uh, by degree where you actually spent 10 years uh, working in reputed companies and then uh, the the afterlife uh, came in your life uh, in the form of uh, jewellery. So before that, how was uh, the the experience of uh, being an engineer and how has it achieved you as an artist? Uh,
1: So, okay, part one of this is about education. So I come from a family where typically, like, you know, um, securing a job is very important that thought process is very, used to be very prominent in my family. It's no more like that after I started after. (laughs) Before that, uh, my parents of course wanted me to take a professional degree and work, um, you know, get a job of my own. Uh, And so it was kind of default actually. Um, There was not that much of awareness also at that time to kind of indulge into, you know, researching various careers. Having said that for the longest time, I was involved in Marathi theatre, and I always wanted to pursue theatre. But obviously my family was, you should get a job first, and you should do your engineering first. So that's what I did. I did my engineering from Cummins College. Um, And uh, I'm very thankful for that, um, because uh, uh, that that degree, and later, uh, you know, spending time uh, with a lot of corporate companies, and uh, immediate colleagues, and, uh, you know, my superiors, uh, kind of changed the way I think uh, made me more organized. I started planning things really well uh, so I think all of that has helped in my entrepreneurial journey and um uh, uh, i I definitely think that it brings a lot of change in you as a human also because you start organizing a lot of things. so I'm very thankful to the education uh and the job that I did the various jobs that I did um but um Entrepreneurship entrepreneurship is way more rewarding uh, because you kind of get an opportunity to touch lives with your work. So, of course, uh, it has its own advantages.
0: Absolutely. Entrepreneurship comes with uh, many uh, ups and downs. So with that, I would like to ask you, so uh, from shifting from engineering to uh, being an, uh, into jewellery, what was the turning point in your life and what any incident behind it?
1: I was in the UK for my work and I used to do a lot, lot of beading uh, in my part time because my job used to be done by 4-4.30 and I used to have a lot of time on hand and so then I started beading. Um, eventually moved to, uh, you know, opening up a page online on Facebook. Um, and then, you know, that journey began. But um, I'll be very honest, I never started the page thinking that this would be a business one day. It was just a casual step. And that time it was very really normal to start a Facebook page and sell something online. So that's how it started actually. So to answer your question, there's no turning point or there's no strategy it was just you know easily uh, you can say that just a time pass actually at that time Uh, but again because I came from a very uh, organized uh, school of thoughts I used to do it in a very organized manner like I had a customer list I had follow-ups and I kind of handled everything like a very organized company even then when I had hardly 20-25 clients.
0: That's wonderful. Uh, so, when you actually uh, came from having a Facebook to actually quitting your job and doing this full time, so what was that change and uh, when did you actually decide, like, okay, this is something which I want to do for my rest of my life?
1: No, I have not decided that I will do this for the rest of my life. I just decided that I will stop working in a company and do this uh, right now. So, uh, rest of my life is a lot of and I don't think I've decided anything like that, but uh, of course, quitting your job is the most, uh, uh, you know, risky thing uh, in my case, of course, there are, you know, riskier things that people have done, but in my case, quitting the job was like um, a big, big um, risk that I took because I was extremely comfortable in my job. I had spent 10 years and I was, um, you know, extremely comfortable in the job, in terms of money, in terms of the work that I was doing. Um, so it was very difficult. I will not uh, say that it was a cakewalk to just quit job and start this. Uh, it wasn't as glamorous as it looks right now. Uh, so uh, it was difficult, but I think um, I was pretty confident that uh, there is some meat in what I'm doing because... Uh, of the response that I constantly got from my customers or clients um, and as I, as I always mentioned that you know it's a completely client driven decision that I took to quit my job and get into there full time.
0: That's wonderful and I must say your decision uh, uh, was something which will inspire many of the people. With that, uh, let's actually talk about how, how jewellery is made. So, ca- can you brief us about what is the science behind it, like from starting from doing a drawing uh, to getting it moulded and being uh, fetched out of uh, the material.
1: So, but there are two ways to create jewellery, one is handmade, one is handcrafted and a lot of people confuse both. Uh, so, um, there are machines and tools involved um, in handcrafted jewellery. Handmade is completely on hand. So these are two different types of jewellery making. And uh, uh, the techniques are various. I mean to execute jewellery is probably more than 100-200 techniques. But uh, we primarily use two types of jewellery making. One is CAD based where we do CAD drawings. Mm. Then we make moulds, silicon moulds and then create our jewellery. Even if we do it on moulds, at the end of it all the finishing is with hand. Um, the other is completely handmade jewelry where, which is made by know traditional artists or filigree artists who have been doing this their families into making jewelry for years which is our typical handmade jewelry um, you, so so these are two types of jewelry making techniques that we primarily used um but the um, initial process of initiating any kind of jewelry is the same that you need to have an idea in your mind. It might be history inspired, it might be nature inspired, it might be a completely new concept. Uh, You have to ideate that, you have to work on that, make sketches, uh, throw them off, make them again. And uh, kind of after a lot of iterations, you arrive to your final collection and start working on it. And in our case, there is no choice like what metal we want to choose because the metal is already decided. So that's in brief about jewellery
0: maintenance techniques yeah as you just mentioned right now you actually have a pre-decided metal which is silver so do you have any special bond with silver or why do you actually like to work in silver more than gold or any other material uh
1: yeah silver uh, definitely i have a special bond with silver because i am not a big fan of the gold color uh, not in particular the metal but the gold color in all So I generally like very subtle, oxidized, uh, plagued jewellery. And I think that's the reason I always wanted to do something in silver when I started with Adya. But of course silver needs a lot of experience, expert artists and also a lot of hands-on experience on jewellery and its sciences and the history of jewellery. So I started Adya in 2013 and it took me around 4 years to kind of get into silver. So, the first collection was released in 2017, Jan. So, it took me a long time to kind of come to a stage where I actually started making silver. But since then, we have been making silver jewellery
0: for almost five years. That's wonderful. And I have seen your collection on your website and also on your handles. It's very wonderful. And of course, the feel of having it made by hand is something which makes it uh, very special. So with that, I'd like to ask you, so when we are making uh, it uh, handmade and factory made, so what are the primary difference between both of them? And also handmade does cost a lot more than factory made. So how do we actually look over it?
1: So it is, uh, it is an acquired skill. you won't really uh, make out what is handmade and what is factory made in the first place. Uh, And I, I of course, uh, do not have any formal education in jewelry making, so, of course, I also came on board with zero understanding of handmade and handcrafted, and I have slowly uh, evolved into this person who now understands what is handmade and what is not handmade. So, handmade is particularly small batches, every piece is different, Uh, every piece is handmade, it takes a long time to make handmade jewelry, and uh, factory-made is mass-manufactured, it's quick. Uh, it's perfect in its finish, um, and it's. I I wouldn't really uh, prefer any type of jewelry uh, as a maker because I think both uh, techniques are equally um, difficult and equally respectable. Uh, as a as a person, you might have a preference of wearing handmade or. Wearing machine made, my preference is handmade. I like the imperfections. I like the rawness of handmade jewelry.
0: But there might be people who love the perfect pair of earrings, perfect necklace, or perfect. Yeah, actually, uh, for factory-made, who actually like to have everything for perfect and uh, also having no flaws in it they may actually love it uh, but having a feel of hand is something which is also uh, uh, pretty good when you look at it it has some imperfections uh, but, but still it looks very good Great.
1: and also there is a story behind every handmade
0: piece that you wear so if that matters to you then you will prefer wearing handmade yeah so could you share one of the show, story which you uh, currently did or any uh, past experience
1: so um, I think what we do at Adya, and I think what sets us apart from a lot of brands is that we customize a lot of jewelry. Um, so when I say customize, it it actually is based on the story of the person who's going to wear it. So there are bands, there are rings, there are um, you know memory rings that we need. and um, it's it's a lot of uh, handmade work on that piece of jewelry. But at the same time, it's also uh, accommodating a story of a particular person or a relationship in that particular piece. But uh, my favourite story in current times is one of my clients called Shardu Kadam, who got married uh, recently and uh, he came to me a year back and said that I want to get a mangalsutra Sutra done and obviously I thought it was for his wife and so I started sharing a lot of designs. and said wait it's for me and why is it that you know only a girl has to always wear Mangalsutra Sutra and say that I am married. Uh, when I get married, I also want to wear a Mangal Sutra and make sure that my wife knows that, you know, I am also committed to her. And so I want a Mangal Sutra which I can wear, sport daily. Uh, and it's not like, you know, I'll wear any feminine design. I want a design that will suit my hand, my wrist. So I want a design that I can wear on daily basis. And I also want a design that will go on my festive wear or my, you know, Sherwani which I'm going to wear during the marriage during the wedding ceremony and so it made me think you know of things that I had probably not thought about before that. Um, we made Panglachutra for Shadun and then um, it got published on various forums, newspapers, uh, you know, humans of Bombay and um, it was a very well appreciated story by most people. There were exceptions but uh, that's my favorite story and i think uh, i'm very grateful that i get to kind of be part of such things in people's
0: life yeah that is a wonderful story and and a great initiative by sardul and hope many people also adapt to it in coming future future with that, uh, I would like to ask you, so Adya, creating Adya, was this actually behind your uh, back of the mind all, all the uh, time along or it actually came along as a slow?
1: No, no, no. It just organically happened. Like even having a small physical studio, uh, having a website, it, it was all logical and you know, we kept on taking next steps uh, in the business, whatever was needed. Um, so no, the answer is no. We never set out for inking like this. We never imagined that we'll have a team one day. We never imagined that it will be a brand one day. Mm. So no, it all came along. And uh, But I must, I must mention that the hard work part of it uh, has always been a constant from day one. We have been extremely hardworking and, and extremely honest with the story that we want to tell people through our journey
0: so as you just mentioned there are hard work so there might be a point rock bottom which you must have uh, also have in, in your complete journey uh, with Adya. so could you share any memories about that so how did you actually overcome that and any uh, tips for that
1: no actually rock bottom is part of your process it's an ongoing thing every few months you will come to a point where you would want to close down everything and you would just want to quit and you would want to start something else or you want to go back to your job or you know you just want to say that I don't want to do anything for 6 months and that I think is very human. not just in my case in any case for that matter so uh, there is no single memory of uh, any failure or any phase where I wanted to feel it happens every now and then and last year and a half it has been happening a lot of times because of covid all of us have been facing a lot of challenges to just keep the staff or just to keep the space that you have tented out or you know, kind of just maintaining the cash flow, sustaining your business, that has been the primary aim and I think, uh, yeah, but this has been the most difficult time I think for every business or for every individual in their lives. Nobody has imagined this lockdown or this, you know, completely shutting your life. So I think last year and a half has been extremely difficult extremely cruel on a lot of businesses um, but again in in that time we have tried to rediscover rediscover ourselves uh, as a brand we have tried to consciously talk about it we have not tried to kind of run away from the situation and we have requested people that you know brands like us need your orders because if you do not give us orders how will we open up the store again how will we you know and and um again, clients have been the most uh, crucial and the most beautiful part of this journey because if they didn't place order, orders for last year and a half, we wouldn't be here talking to each other today about
0: that. Yeah, absolutely. Client do pay a major part uh, in the complete journey as an entrepreneur. So, as you actually talked about COVID-19, uh, many of the businesses actually shut down because of COVID-19 and uh, absolutely jewellery industries should have also been affected by it. But as in, as we are living in India, India is actually more uh, of a, uh, like in every household, there will be uh, many j- jewellery present. Uh, people do like to k- keep a bite on uh, various occasions. So how much percent has uh, the COVID-19 affected this industry and, and what is the future of this industry if you look? So
1: actually first thing I would like to tell you is it's not no more COVID-19, it's 20 now, it's 21. So we are in 21 now and it's still COVID. So that's one thing. But the thing is that it is like every industry, Jewelry industry has been also affected. Um, And uh, the challenges are increasing day by day. Um, But uh, as you've correctly mentioned, jewelry has a very special place in in Indian families. So um, and also now it's, uh, it's also kind of with brands like us, uh, the stories that we try to put forward, I think it's also becoming uh, a statement or a way to, um, you know, feel extremely confident about yourself. Maybe just a small piece of no spin or just an earring that resonates with your uh, feelings or your motto, I think uh, is also a huge part of. One
0: full generation, so I think um, I think the future is very bright. I think we can only go up from here because we have seen the worst now. Absolutely, for Indians, uh, jewelry is actually like an saving for them. They invest in jewelry as normally westerns may invest in stock or any other uh, marketplace. Uh, with that, so uh, when you are talking about Indian and India, my, Indian mythology. So, that, has it affected uh, your style of uh, jewelry? And uh, what all traditional ways uh, have you actually uh, used, like uh, Purniri or Maharashtrian, has it affected uh, your jewellery style?
1: Uh, I won't say it has affected, I, I will say that it has inspired me to create jewellery always. Um, of course, my first collection, Itihas, uh, which was made in silver, um, was a thought of making our traditional Maharashtrian jewellery in silver instead of gold for a lot of people like me who won't prefer wearing gold in that you know in those jewelry formats so i think it has inspired me in many ways and it still inspires me not just maharashtrian anything throughout <laughs> india and why india i mean you nose know, pins have been initiated mm. from outside india they were never in, like they were never invented in india nath uh, is not an indian uh, ornament and it came to us because We were invented and then, you know, it came to us. It's not our original uh, ornament. So I think I love to study every part of this history and uh, whatever is compatible with current times, we would like to create that instead of just creating what was created in the past. So that's what we have tried to bring in with Adhya. Like, you know, if you ask me what is your special touch to it, so we have been inspired and we are inspired every single day with
0: what we do and the history uh, yeah so while we are talking about history so when you actually you just mentioned that you actually research about it and then uh, you actually make the uh, jewelry out of it so how long is this process and how much time do you dedicate if you're making one collection of jewelry so what goes behind making one collection of jewelry
1: It actually differs. Sometimes if it's history, it's actually way easier because you have references, you can draw sketches and, you know, it's easier to kind of arrive to your final concept. Um, If it's completely abstract or if it's completely new, then it becomes a bit tricky to kind of um, arrive to your final collection. And then there are collections like, like we made a zodiac sign collection. It is again a very tricky uh, area, very, um, you know, you would have people who believe in zodiac science, who won't believe in zodiac science, and then you want to make it universal. Uh, So, you know, there is another angle to it. Apart from the work that you've put in, study, research, you have to also make sure that this collection should be accepted worldwide. Uh, So the finish of the jewellery, so the making of the jewellery is all different than what you generally would do
0: for Indian market, so the timeline differs. It can be anything between three months to one year. Um, that's a very long process, I would say. And with that, I would like to ask you. So you just started in Pune. You just started your new store in Pune in January 2021. So Congress for that first of all. So how has this experience been uh, handling it uh, and starting in in Pune? So, was there any uh, connection with Pune which actually made you uh, go from Mumbai to Pune and setting up your store in Pune?
1: No, Pat, I am from Pune. So, um, my basic connection is, like, there is no no need to form any connection. I am from Pune, so I always wanted to come back to Pune. I was in Mumbai for work and then I came back to Pune for uh-huh. Adya. Uh, this is not our first store from where I am talking to you right now. This is the third store that we are in. Uh, biggest one so far the first one started in 2015 but um, it was a small outhouse again in pune i was in mumbai at that time mm-hmm. i shifted in 2017 uh, when we shifted to our new store after three years which was opposite Kamalani rupa which is again a landmark in pune and that was our second store and uh, this one here is the third store so uh but yes a very big step for us uh, for a completely homegrown brand, for a brand where there are no investments, there are, there's no uh, you know venture capitalist involved. So
0: it's completely an organic growth that we have had so far. Yeah, that's wonderful. And your growth also has uh, been affected by many actresses. Like they have actually endorsed you for uh, and your jewelry style. So how has that experience been, and uh, any memories you have with that?
1: Uh, Because I come from a Marathi theatre background, a lot of people who endorse our jewellery, Marathi actors, are my friends. So I won't really brag about it because most of it is my friendship with them that, you know, they want to support their friend. And of course, Adhya. And they have been with me in this journey for a long time now. To take a few names, uh, Purnas, Thuha, Mithila, uh, Girija. These are people uh, who have been with me from day one and now Sakhi... uh, also so these are people who are my friends and they really endorse uh, adya because they feel that it's their own brand and i think that's a wonderful feeling but apart from that uh, whatever other celebrities have uh, endorsed adya uh, even from bollywood uh, it's all organic uh, it's all come because of our social media and i'm very grateful for that the latest movie that has our uh, is mimi which is released on ott platforms and uh, a few of our pieces have been adorned by Kriti in the movie. So, um, we are very thankful to their stylists and costume stylists who kind of approach us for the jewelry and we
0: love customizing jewelry for them. That's wonderful. And you have a wide collection which uh, any person can actually relate to. Like, they might not relate to one collection, but they have some other uh, collection which they would like to look and uh, and also buy so with that i would like to ask you so when a client comes to you uh, what uh, should, should that uh, client have something in the mind before coming uh, uh, to you to buy a jewels get it handmade or how does this process goes uh, interacting with client i think client
1: should come to us with no uh, no preconceived notions we are happy to help them with the story of the jewelry the purity of the jewelry, whatever questions they
0: have, we are happy to answer these questions. So, I don't think they need to study anything before they come to us. Um, yeah, I think they have to come with clean slate and buy jewelry from us. Uh, that's wonderful. So, yeah, that will be actually easier for any person to approach you and, and get their jewelry done. Yeah. Uh, with that, I would like to ask you, so, do you have any future plans for yourself? Uh, you actually are starting uh, a new time it's say, adyam which is actually in fabric. So, uh, what are your future plans?
1: So, I have been doing fabrics uh, on and off in Adya, um, and I really, really wish to dedicate some time to fabrics and kind of take it to next level. I'm just praying that I get some time off my usual plans of you know making jewelry and then dedicate some time to clothing. Let's hope that happens this year sometime.
0: Um, I hope uh, you achieve whatever you wish for. With yeah, with that, I would like to ask the last question for today, which is, uh, do you want to give any advice for the young entrepreneur who are actually willing to uh, get into this um, this industry? Uh, no, advice is a very big word because every person will have their own story and they will have their own challenges
1: and they will have their own uh, ideas to execute, but the only thing that I always tell everyone is, which a vendor of mine told me, probably when I started with Amel in 2013, and he said, uh, in Hindi, and he said that any, aap jo bhi dhunda start karte ho, ya aap jo bhi apko kabhi baby hota hai, to first three years are very important. Whatever you put in, in first three years, kind of decides uh, its health, uh, the way it grows, Uh, the way it performs. So, and I have experienced this in India that, you know, um, there will be probably twice a day or thrice a day you will feel in first three years like quitting your business, but don't do it. Hang in there and um, like, you know, keep working hard. Get, Get up every morning and just say that I'm going to make this work. And after three years, you will actually feel that Confidence in running it for another three, and then for another three. So, I think uh, that's something that is that I would like to share my experience with anyone. That please don't quit. Mm. And that's also something that is a positive, uh, positive in my probably entrepreneurial journey. That I don't quit whatever happens. So um, that's something that I would like to share with people who feel like quitting a lot.
0: Yeah absolutely uh, the first few years of any any entrepreneurship is actually important and critical with, because it sets the tangent for the their future and uh, thank you so much for a great advice i hope uh, people don't quit yeah and and thank you so much for coming on our show it was lovely having you here
1: Thank you, thank
0: you so much. Congrats to all of you who made it till the end. I really hope you liked our show. If you did, please leave us a review on YouTube comment box. And by the way, if you had any question which came up because of the content we covered with our guests, go on YouTube, go on Instagram and you can leave us a comment. We will surely get back to you and help you as much as possible. Arttown.store, that's the website name and our Instagram ID too. Find us and talk to us. We are waiting to converse with you.